Kaura, Bolovanaka, how you doing? Can we give our worship team a round of applause? Thanks, fam. Amazing. Hey, look, it's wonderful to be here. Um, and I am, I'm not from America, I am from Fiji. And um, uh, I, my family and I, we moved to New Zealand in the early 80s, no, mid 80s. I'm not that old. Um, and New Zealand has been our home since then. Aotearoa has been our place that we call home. It's been our Tūranga Waiwai. It's been the place where I met my husband. I have married a Kiwi, um, and we have two children, and that's about all the introduction you're going to get. And I just, just trust me, if you get to know me, I'm pretty much a nice person. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty nice to hang out with. You'll find things about me that are quite annoying, um, but you find that about anyone you meet, right? And one of the places that I love about the community of faith is that you don't have to like me, but you do have to love me, right? That's what the Lord said. Love God and love your neighbor. Look at your neighbor right now and tell them, love you. Look at your neighbor on the other side, tell him, love ya. Right? If you're single, they're single, you're welcome. You're welcome. Make a move on that afterwards. What a good time. Church is a great place to meet your spouse. Can anyone say amen? Yeah, okay, good, good, good. Um, and so it is really, really wonderful to be here. We had such a good time last night at um, the town hall. Thank you so much to Matt Waite and the team, everyone who organised it. How wonderful it is. This is your city. This is your space. And last night, over a thousand people gathered together from, from all over Canterbury to worship the Lord. And people opened up their hearts to know Him more. And I think, I think you can celebrate that a little bit, fam. Yeah, you can. Oh. And maybe just a little reminder, you know, I'm brown, obviously. And um, if you know brown people, Pacific people, we quite like things to be loud. Kind of everything we do is loud. Relationship is loud. Food is loud. Watching TV is loud. Watching the sports is loud. Up the was! So sad. So sad last night. So sad. Anyone catch the game? Yeah, me too. Yeah, so sad. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, just praise God he's on the throne still, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, let's get to the word. Um, so I, I, again, just thank you so much to everyone last night. The reason why I'm here is because I was here last night and beautiful Pastor Catherine said, hey, while you're in town, can you just come to church on Sunday? And I said, yeah, totally. So thank you for the invitation. Thank you, Pastor Gideon, for having me also. Uh, this morning, I, I do just want to share and encourage us around faith. Can you say faith? Yeah, awesome. I want to encourage us around faith. And one of the things that I have learned and I have loved about walking with the Lord is that things aren't always easy, but He does make things simple. Yeah? Who can testify to that? Life isn't always easy, but thank God he often makes things simple for us. And just by way of perhaps an illustration, um, I think about um, sometimes spiritual truths that actually have physical realities that help to illustrate us what that 
illustrate to us what those spiritual truths mean. For example, um, in our human body, who did biology in school? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who loved it? Yeah. Oh, wow. Amazing. <laughs> so, so, so easy. All right, smart people. Wow. Who did physics at school? Yeah. Oh my gosh, there are so many smart people here. Okay, so I, I did a little bit of that as well. And you will know when it comes to the human body or any living thing, um, when there, any living thing that has movement, often in order for the movement to be steady and constant, there must be a center of gravity. Yes, that's what keeps us balanced. Now in the human body, as we keep balanced and we keep moving, our center of gravity is right around our belly button, right here. Yeah? Okay, follow me here. Some people are like, oh, I thought I came to church. What is this? Stay with me, fam. So here is our center of gravity. Now, if evolution was real, if it was like a thing, um, our balance center in our body would also be near or around the area where our center of gravity is. But you will all know in the human body, our balance center is not here. Where is the balance center of the human body? in between our ears. <laughs> yeah, so you know, anyone who has an earache or who has an ear problem, you can see them walking and they kind of walk like this. <laughs> They're just, just slightly off balance. And so when you are slightly off balance, it doesn't matter what you do. You can get new shoes or you can change the path that you walk. But if your balance, if your balance center is off, you will walk off. And so when I think about faith, we know what the Word of God says, that faith comes by? Faith comes by? Faith comes by hearing. This is why we should be careful what we hear and what we listen to, because what we hear and what we listen to, that's what brings balance to our life. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Oh, I love this church. You know your word. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God, not hearing by someone else's opinion, not hearing by whatever social media puts out, not hearing by any of those other things, but faith, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so this morning, my, uh, my encouragement will be around this thing called faith, but I wanna encourage us today, our hearing. Let's just take 10 seconds. Father, I pray, open our ears to hear this morning your word, your truth, your encouragement. God, I pray that it is your words that we would hear this morning and not my own. I pray that my own words would fall to the ground and what would be marked in people's minds and hearts would be your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you say amen? amen? All right. So we're going to go to the classic faith chapter in the Bible, which is Hebrews 11. Nice. And so we're going to go to Hebrews and chapter 11. 
Now, uh, if you don't have to put the scripture up right now. Thanks, team. Uh, in Hebrews chapter 11, just by uh, those of you who have read it, this is the faith chapter. It's like the hall of faith, you know, is what people call it, hall of fame, hall of faith. And in this chapter, there are many, 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 many examples of men and a few women over many different eras who operated by faith. Can you say by faith? Say it again, by faith. Uh, can, can we, do we have a title? There we go, by faith. It's, it's right there if you need some help. And so this phrase right here, by faith, permeates this whole chapter. So we're gonna do a little participatory exercise because church is participatory, fam, right? And so every time I point to the screen, you're gonna say, Nice. One more time. And so through this chapter, this is the phrase that is said over and over and over and over and over again. God created the world. Abel offered a sacrifice more acceptable than Cain. Enoch was taken away so that he did not see death. Noah built an ark and became an heir of righteousness. Abraham obeyed everything to leave and left everything behind. Sarah conceived. Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau. Jacob blessed each of his sons and Joseph's sons. Joseph led a nation through famine. Moses' parents hid him. Moses forsook Egypt. The Israelites passed through the Red Sea. The walls of Jericho came down and the people inherited the promise. Rahab did not die. Gideak, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, David, Samuel, and the prophets, they subdued kingdoms. They ruled with justice. They obtained promises, shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, escaped the edge of the swords, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to fight armies, and the dead were raised to life. I think faith is kind of important. I think maybe the Lord might be trying to say, Oh, you might just need to pay attention. Unfortunately, not by your good looks. So not by even your gifts or your talents. Not even by how many degrees you have. Not even how skilled you are. Or, Or what a kind and nice person you are. But actually, it is impossible to please God without. Again, I think it's something that we might need to pay attention to. And so again, fam, if you've been walking with the Lord for a long time, this isn't going to be like revelatory to you. But I do want to encourage us and remind us when we're praying for revival, when we're believing for our families to be healed, when we're believing for our children to turn to the Lord, when we're believing for healing in our body and restoration of relationships, it doesn't happen by wishful thinking. It doesn't happen by us striving in our own strength. It happens. And so we're gonna look at what this is by faith. And so the scripture, Hebrews chapter 11 and verse one says this. In the New King James Version, now faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. 
Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. This morning, I again want to encourage you just around three particular things that I believe the Bible shows us quite clearly in the scripture around faith. First, it's this, is that is faith as substance. Can you say substance? In the, New, in the King James Study Bible notes, it says that Hebrews 11 and verse 1 is not, is not so much a definition of what faith is, rather what faith does. Catch it. It's not a definition of what faith is. It's more showing us what does faith do? What does faith do, fam? Faith, the scripture says, if faith is, faith is something that we act, that we embody, if faith does something, faith brings substance to our hope. We just read it like twice. <laughs> faith is the substance of our Come on, church. Faith is the substance of our... So if faith does something, it brings substance to our hope. Now, some of us think we have a faith problem, but what we maybe not, we, we, maybe we don't realize, it's not a faith problem we have, it's a hope problem. Because in order for faith to be activated, it first must bring substance to hope. If you don't have hope, you've got nothing to bring substance to. And so I just got to have more faith. I would perhaps put to you this morning, family, I, instead of I've just got to have more faith, maybe step back and just have a check. Where is your hope at? How is your heart when it comes to hope? How is your heart in the difficult and challenging things? Where is your hope at in this situation? Proverbs 13 and verse 12 said, hope defers makes the heart. Yeah, very good. Hope deferred, hope put off, hope delayed makes the heart sick. I'm gonna show you a, a photo this morning. It's gonna come up on the screen, this image. Oh, that's my family. I know. Um, that's my one husband, Benjamin Greenwood. And that's my four-year-old Malachi with the curls. And my one-year-old, um, who we had her in America, she's American. My one-year-old, Micah Rose. And this is our little family. Now, if you can just keep that photo up for a second, and you can just admire my children <laughs> and how good looking they are. Um, I want to put I, I want to put this image up because um, I wanted to perhaps share a little story this morning. This is um, my uh, immediate family. Now, when I, I I met the Lord when I was fourteen years old in a church just like this, and when I gave my heart to the Lord, I gave my whole life to Him. Fam, I was fourteen years old and I was so excited about this new hope, this Jesus. I literally joined every team in church that they would let a fourteen-year-old join. I wanted to serve everywhere and do everything. I fell in love with Jesus, and I've not looked back ever since. And so, in my early twenties, I was just gunning, so passionate, my heart so full of desire to see God more and more, to know Him more and more, and to see Him work in my life and in my community. So, um, at 
I say all that to say, I never really dreamed of getting married, not that girl. Not the girl that dreamed of getting married or having children. Uh, It just wasn't me. Um, And I thought that was a bit weird. I did a little bit of therapy saying, is there something wrong with me? (laughs) Most people wanna get married and have children. I'm not really that keen. I'm just, I, I was really, really, really content with where I was walking with Jesus. And so my therapist said, no, nah, no, nah, you're all good. You're all good. And then, uh, then I met Benjamin. And um, he, uh, he was a godsend and answered a prayer that I never knew I was praying. And uh, my husband, Benjamin, he was, uh, you'll get to meet him someday, I hope. Uh, but he was just a born father. And so I knew that if I married this man, I'm going to have to have kids. <laughs> I'm like, that's the deal, man. If I marry this guy, I'm going to have to have kids. And so um, I married him and I thought, oh, yeah, well, I guess parenting might be fun. You know? Yeah, all the parents. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Okay, I can do this parenting thing. And so it is. It is. I personally love it. And so... Um, we, we decided, okay, you know, maybe three years into our marriage, all right, you know, we'll, we'll see if we can get pregnant. At this point, uh, we, we were both in, in ministry and loving the Lord. And I remember traveling. Um, we, we were traveling all over the world, ministering, especially to young people and in high schools. And uh, I remember on a trip to London, I had just gotten pregnant. I was about nine weeks pregnant for the first time, and I was so excited. We were so excited, and we were in the middle of doing high school programs. We were doing five to six programs a day, and then amazing rallies like we saw last night. We were doing that as well, and in the middle of all of that, I suffered a miscarriage, and I just remember thinking in London, away from all of my family and all of my support, I remember being really mad and really sad and just thinking, you know what, God, I didn't ask for this. I did not ask for the marriage and I did not ask for the children. I did not ask for this journey, but you gave this to me and then you take it away. And I just couldn't understand and at this point, I'd, I've, I've been walking with the Lord for a significant amount of time. And I couldn't, I, I, I just couldn't understand. Here I was even serving the Lord on mission, and then this would happen. And I was so, I was so broken and so upset by it. And of all the, all the places for it to happen, it happened when I was away from my family, from my mum. And, you know, when you go through things like that, you just, you just need your mum. And I I remember sitting in that space and crying and not even knowing how to talk to the Lord. And I I leave this this picture up because I, I want to be really, really clear this morning that it is really important where we put our hope. Because if our hope is put in results, in a particular way that we desire our lives to turn out, it's going to be a harder road than we realize. And I learned, I learned in a very difficult journey not to put my hope in a result, but to put my hope in a person. 
And I share this because I think as Christians, sometimes our faith is not resilient, not because we don't have faith, but because our hope is misplaced. And we place our hope that God would bring about a specific result rather than no matter what result occurs, God is still good. We put our faith that God is going to do the specific thing in our finance, in our job, in our family, instead of no matter what happens, God, in my finance, in the job, in the journey, I put my hope in you. If it's not good, you're not done yet, God. So I put my hope and my trust in you. And in that space, you can get up again. You can love again, you can hope again, you can initiate again, you can create again because our hope is not based on a thing, on a result. It's based on the person and the promises of God. And so this morning, bringing substance to our faith is putting our hope in a person and then saying, God, no matter what happens, I know that my hope is not based on the stuff that goes on around me. And please hear me, I am not talking about wishful thinking. I am not talking about, you know, this, this phrase I hear often, toxic positivity. I'm not talking about that. Hope is very truthful about grief. Hope knows its way around a struggle and a challenge. If hope is the road that we walk on every day, if hope is the road we walk on, faith says we walk on that road every single day. This morning, my encouragement to us is perhaps to consider where is your hope? Where do you put your hope The second thing I'd love to encourage us today is around this, faith as substance, but also faith as evidence. Can you say evidence? I'm going to read a chunk of scripture this morning because good preachers should do that. Uh, So if you have your Bibles, you can turn to James in chapter 2, and we're going um, from verse 14. If you don't, that's okay. It's going to be up on the screen. I think it already is. Here's what uh, faith as evidence. I'd love to read James in chapter two. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but you don't show it by your actions? Let's all go home, eh? (laughs) What kind, can that faith, can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye and have a great day. Stay warm, eat well, I'll pray for you. But then you don't give that person any food or clothing. What good does that do? Thank God for people like Julie. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough unless it produces good deeds. It is dead and useless. Some may argue, hey, look, some people have faith, others have good deeds, but I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith for you believe there is one God. Good for you. Oh, it's a bit patronizing, fam. (laughs) Right? Have you ever, is this not one of the hardest scriptures to read? 
Good for you. Even the demons believe that. And they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds is? <laughs> right? God, I want to see revival happen in this city. But do I really have to talk to people? God, I want to see, just, I I want to see you do amazing things in my workplace. But will you really want me to open my home and invite people over for dinner? Oh, but my home is my safe place. I'm I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to put anyone on blast or anything, but can you see the disconnection? When we're like, God, I want you to do, I, I, I want you to bring healing in this relationship, but we never pick up the phone. God, I want to see you do a healing work in my family, but we never reach out and pray for the healing. And I want to, I want to encourage us today, fam, faith gets the work done. <laughs> Faith gets up. Faith moves. Faith is the man with the withered hand who put his hand out. Faith is the woman with the issue of blood who pushes through a crowd just to touch Jesus. Faith moves. Faith is not like on a lazy boy. Just switching through the Netflix or whatever it is. But can I say this? For some people here, faith can be to rest where you've worked and worked and worked and worked and strived and and God's in heaven like hey thanks but you're probably just going to make it worse now if you just keep doing stuff right just chill the point is that faith action something you know for some of us here it was faith just to show up this morning For some of us here, it's faith just to sit in this place. Faith just to lift your hands and worship when you're discouraged or disappointed or you don't know what's going on. But I wanna say faith embodies a response. Faith is not an intellectual assent. Faith is our heart, our minds and our body all coming together and then moving forward in God. Come on church, what do you wanna see happen? What do you believe God is saying for your family, for your workplace, for your career, for your relationships? I would say, can you bring some evidence, fam? If faith is evidence, where is the evidence that that's what you believe? Right? Yeah, okay. What, a, what an encouraging sermon this morning. Oh, it's so encouraging. <laughs> you know? And here's, uh, here's the last one. I'm going I'm to begin to wrap up. If faith is substance and faith is evidence, and I, I, I'm going to share this and then Pastor Gideon, you know, if you, if you don't like this point, you can just fix this later on. Yeah, yeah, okay, okay, good, good. You can just set it straight next week. Here's the last point. Failure and fruitfulness are not measures of faith. And here's why I say this, Hebrews chapter 11, verses 35 to 39. People were tortured, refusing 
to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better, better life after the resurrection. Some were jeered at and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sword in half. Others were killed by the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute, oppressed, mistreated. They were too good for this world, wandering over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and holes in the ground. Verse 39. All these people earned a good reputation because of their faith, yet none of them, none of them, none of them received all that God has promised. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's almost discouraging. Right? I mean, and I, I read that and I think, oh, is this the hall of faith or the hall of failure? They all, all of them believed that God would do something and they all died before they saw it. I think most of us in the modern day church would consider that a failure. I wonder if these people, if they walked into our church today, we'd say, fam, you're a little bit crazy. You should just, you should just give up on that. I mean, maybe you should just give up on that hope and maybe take off the sheepskins. I don't think God is opening the door for you there. Wouldn't we say that? Hey, look, I, I really commend your faith, but your back has been cut open by whips. Maybe that's a sign that God is closing the door in that area. Wouldn't we say that? We would. But the Scripture says they earned a good reputation because of their faith. And listen, I please hear me. I am not saying that we should operate without wisdom and without the counsel of good leadership around us. But what I am saying is sometimes we miss the point when things don't work out the way we thought they were going to work out. We think it is a measure of our lack of faith. When actually the faith is overflowing because you still showed up. You still believed. You still raise your hands. You still pick up the Word of God. You get up and you keep going and you keep believing and you keep trusting that God, it's not working out the way I thought it was gonna work out. But God, I trust that You are good. This morning, I want to ask us today, and maybe pray for us today around your faith. Have you given up on some things? Have you let some dreams go? Have you walked through some difficult challenge? Some profound grief. And it's been so difficult that just to survive You've just put your faith on the shelf a little bit. Your hope, your hope has been dashed. I want to say this morning that perhaps God might want to restore that hope again and might be whispering that the Spirit of God might be whispering this morning, hope again. Trust again, dream again. 
Eventually I got pregnant again and I had my Malachi. Between Malachi and my daughter, Micah Rose, I had three more miscarriages. And they don't get easier. It can become more confusing. But I thank God. I thank God for the lesson learned that my faith and my hope remains in Him. And the question is how? How do we do that? When our hope, when our hopes are dashed, when things are difficult. Pastor Gideon will tell you next week. I'll share with you one of the things, one of the ways that I learned. And it's not, it's not complex, but I think it is powerful. One of the ways that I learned to move my hope for my faith to arise again is what we've been doing all morning, worship. to lift my eyes from my circumstance and put it on my King. And even when I don't feel like it, even when I don't understand, I worship you. If we only worship the Lord when we feel like it, it ceases to be worship it's probably closer to flattery because worship is not something determined by our feelings worship is how we ascribe value in a situation so although my grief abounds I put my value, my affection, my heart on the King of Kings. I don't, at that point, I don't know if I'm ever gonna have kids. I don't know. I don't know if God's ever gonna make things right. I don't know. But all I know is God is good. That's it. That's all I know. Decades of walking with Jesus, all I know often, you are good and you are worthy of praise. I don't know where you find yourself this morning, but I want to invite us into a space of worship. It doesn't always have to, you know, it, it often doesn't feel like a lovely or nice place when you're going through a difficult time. But when you lift your hands and your eyes regardless. And is there anyone in the room who can testify to this? Yeah, come on church. That power, I don't feel like it. But you're worthy of it all. And you do it anyway. You are worthy of it all. 
for from you are all things and to you are all things you deserve whether we understand or not you are worthy of it all yes jesus you are worthy feel to do right now. I know people are worshipping and there's, there's just a moment here. But I just really believe that God wants to do a really supernatural work in people's hearts where hope has been lost, where faith has been paralysed, where disappointment and discouragement has set in. That actually God wants to come and bring supernatural healing to your heart.